everyone and welcome to PE Talks Africa, a podcast by the African Private Capital Association. Today we are here with Tukumbu Mishmel, Managing Director of Alethea Capital and Els Buyohoff, Managing Partner of Goodwell Investments, to talk about the power of partnership in reaching first close after joint fund Umuntu II announced first close with 57 million euros for inclusive businesses in Africa. So thank you both for joining us on this podcast. Tukumbo, could you introduce Alethea Capital and the role you play in just a few sentences? Thank you. Um, and thank you for having uh, me and um, indeed Els also um, on this um, podcast. So Alethea Capital is a fund manager based out of Lagos, Nigeria. And um, we are about 16 years old now. And Alithia was um, really started on the basis that we could make investments and also achieve development, social, economic, and finance uh, returns. And so we started out uh, 16 years ago as what we call an impact investment manager. And at the time, that wasn't a term that you heard a lot of, but we were clear that we could make investments and do well, and at the same time do good in terms of the development aspect of our work. So yeah, private equity for 16 years now in West, out of West Africa and doing good at the same time. And Els, can I get you to introduce Goodwell and the role that you play? Yes, Goodwell Investments is an impact investment firm. We launched uh, our first fund in December 2006, so that's almost 17 years ago. And we invest in businesses that uh, solve social or environmental issues whilst making a financial return. We focus on people in the base of the pyramid, so households in India, in Africa, who lack access to good quality, affordable, basic goods and services. And uh, so we were established uh, around the same time as Erythea. And when Tukumbo and I first met, Tukumbo gave me uh, a flyer of Erythea. And when I read it, I was like, no, I can't believe it. It's almost the same we're trying to achieve. And as Tukumbo also said, not many people um, were doing that at the time. Um, so, um, yeah, it was quite natural to enter into a partnership. Thank you, Els. And I think that that brings me uh, on to the next question, which is that Alethea Capital and Goodwill Investments have been in a partnership on various funds for, for 15 years. Can you tell us how and why the partnership was initially formed? Well, when we first met, uh, Goodwill was actually looking for a local partner on the ground in Africa. We launched in uh, 2007 with a partnership in India with Avishkar, and we wanted to repeat the same with good partners on the ground in Africa. So we were looking for like-minded people and, um, you know, do something similar, tailored, of course, to the continent and the needs of the continent with people who are native from the continent and know the continent best. So we were looking, uh, Tukumo and I met, um, you know, the profile was good. We got along very well. We were very aligned in terms of uh, mission. There was a good personal match. 
So we started exploring and uh, I flew to Nigeria to get to know the company better, to Kumo came to India to see what we were doing there. And um, I think half a year later, we decided to proceed and our first shared fund launched a year after in December 2009. That's the story in brief. Just to um, tag on to that, as Els had mentioned that, um, you know, when we met, there was indeed a meeting of minds. Uh, we, We looked at each other's material and one of the things that was at the center of how Alethea Capital was formed was how can we drive inclusion um, across uh, various essential sectors like Els had mentioned. And we started off thinking financial inclusion, affordable housing, energy inclusion. And these were some of the same thrusts that um, Els mentioned earlier and that we saw that Goodwill had. So there was a meeting of philosophies. And as we got to spend more time together, we saw that we were indeed a rare breed at the time. And so we we felt we had the the right ingredients to combine forces with um, Alethea's experience on the ground in the local market and Goodwill's expertise and networks um, in terms of access to capital providers in Europe and also bring it, leveraging some of the expertise and experience in starting uh, the, the six similar impact funds in India. Thank you both. So it does sound like a very um, powerful partnership and a very uh, inspirational partnership. Um, so tell me, how was the Umuntu Fund born and what, what is the focus of the fund? Um, yeah, I can start on that. Well, I mean, if we have to go back to understand the, the, the essence of the Umuntu funds, we're now on fund two now, um, the Umuntu funds one and two, we have to go back to the genesis of our first fund together, which is um, what we call fondly called Guam DC, which was a fund that was really started initially to invest in microfinance institutions. And indeed, that was what... Um, the Goodwill funds were doing in India at the time. Um, however, when we came to begin doing the same work in Africa, we saw that for us, a key part of us being able to drive the inclusion stories I mentioned earlier around financial inclusion, particularly with microfinance banks, that technology had to play a role in enabling access. And so we began to um, look at fintech opportunities and indeed we were one of the first investors in in that um in that space and so moving from pure microfinance with the first fund towards tech enabling access to essential services the 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 follow-up the successor funds of ubuntu one to start with began to think about how can we drive inclusion across many sectors beyond finance, understanding that finance is the initial key ingredient and fuel. Um, And so Umutu really was born out of uh, those first funds and um, expanding to access to other services, essential services like health, education, 
um, housing and other key consumer goods. Yes, and at, at the same time, we also decided to uh, expand geographically. Um, you know, West Africa is, of course, still pretty concentrated and uh, investors were also looking for more geographic outreach across the continent. Also, from a fund management perspective, the more diversified you are, not only over different sectors, but also geographically, um, the better you manage the inherent risks um, of investing in emerging markets. So the, the, the second fund that we did together, Ubuntu One, um, next to West Africa also had an allocation for Southern Africa and, uh, and an allocation for East Africa. So this was really a big step forward in terms of um, outreach sectors that we could serve, geographies that we could serve. Um, yeah, and, uh, and also the size of the fund as a result was, uh, was much larger. I think triple or quadruple the size of our first fund together. Correct. And the name of the fund itself has quite a significant meaning. What is your interpretation of the meaning behind Umuntu and why was it chosen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was Takumo's idea. She came up with it. <laughs> yeah. and, um, you came, I think, with Ubuntu, which is uh, the, yeah, call it the African form of humanism. I am because we are. Mm -hmm. And the name Ubuntu Fund was already used by other funds, so we looked uh, a bit north, and in the Malawi language, it is Ubuntu, and uh, we really felt that was uh, a good name for the mission that we are on, the togetherness, and that together you have to, as a society, you have to look after each other, together you have to solve the challenges, so we felt this was a good name for the fund, right? Absolutely. Moving away from, um, I guess, the the core Western philosophy of I think, therefore I am, which is more individualistic, to more of um, I am because we are, and um, which also resonates with our philosophy of driving for inclusion across key sectors. Wow, that, that's really interesting. So, what have been some of the biggest challenges and learnings in achieving first close of this particular fund? Um, and has this differed from previous funds such as um, the earlier mentioned Guam DC? Well, Goodwill managed to launch in India. That was one. Um, when we uh, so and investors were pushing us go to Africa. We also want exposure to Africa. So that that was great, and that's why you know we went looking for partners and we met Alethea. Um, but um, I think throughout our journey, um, you know, in the beginning people said, well, you were just lucky finding a good partner in India. You're not going to find such partners in Africa. We did. Um, then there's always has then the, the second objective was, well, you found a good team, of course, but um, how do you ensure you're going to stay together because they may run after a while. And we told investors, look, if you have your own team on your own payroll, people can also leave. You never have a guarantee in life. And um, 
we liked it because the businesses were aligned, our missions were aligned, and that's a very strong foundation for a partnership. So there was a lot of hesitation about the model of a joint venture. Not all investors liked it, but um, especially private investors, family officers, these people, many of them are entrepreneurs themselves, and they really believed in the mission and, and they had faith in the partnership and, and saw that it is a good idea to have a strong local partner on the ground who is native and who, who really best understands what's happening on the continent. And um, at the same time, that means that we here in Amsterdam can focus on building the relationship with those investors. So there were many, many, you know, things we had to overcome, but we always said, uh, we'll start small and nor Erythea nor ourselves, we were, we felt too good to start small, right? So we started small and gradually expanded across sectors, across geographies, and then over time, more and more investors joined us. Still, I must say, most of our support comes from private investors and, uh, and family office, offices, and not so much from um, um, institutional investors. We have a few, but uh, not so many. Maybe, yeah. Do you want to say something there? What did you see as Yes, the... um, what I would add is that if you have to, if you think about this 16 years ago, um, we were coming with quite a few innovative aspects to our model of investing, right? We, Els has mentioned about the partnership approach, which interestingly, 16 years later, um, I'm hearing of Elf, some limited partners and investors expecting that kind of partnership approach because they understand that a fund, one fund based in one geographic location cannot cover the whole continent, right? So they are expecting these kinds of partnerships to drive for a pan-African approach. But also we were coming with the idea of this impact and um, inclusion and leveraging technology for access. And, you know, these are all sort of, these were all new things then, which when you hear now, they've pretty much become uh, mainstream or, or standard terms, but these were new at the time. So the challenge was really in convincing people that it was okay to take a new step in a new direction to do things differently. And um, we overcame that by our persistence and through the track record that both the firms were able to bring to the table and our, our combined experience and uh, really our grit and determination to be able to see these innovative um, forms come to life. Yes, and I, I recall the first investment that we did for our first fund together. It was a microfinance fund for West Africa and we came up with a fintech investment because you need tech to enhance affordability, to enhance outreach, but it was not like microfinance that people had seen before. And also the concept of payments and why it matters for financial inclusion and for people in the base of the pyramid, that was, that was new. And um, um, when Takumo came up with that opportunity, we had conversations um, 
about that beforehand and decided, well, let's go for it. We think this is the future. We have to bring it to the IC. But it was a very tough IC because the, the, the investors, or not all investors, understood why this mattered. And I dare to see, say now that that investment in Paratech is, uh, is one of our landmark investments uh, on the continent. Thank you both. Um, so you've both kind of touched on starting small and, and these innovative approaches. Um, what were some of your, your biggest milestones um, or kind of markers along the way that gave you the confidence that, that you were on track for success? And we can bring this back to uh, Amuntu too, um, specifically. So what were the milestones that, that gave you the confidence that you were on track to reach first close? Mm, well, you have to believe in yourself to start with, right? You have to be extremely stubborn. This must be done. This has to be done. And nobody's going to stop us. If you don't have that attitude, then you're not going to, to get there. Takumbo, you're a marathon runner as well. Uh, it starts there. And then it helps if you have a, a group of investors um, behind you who are willing to support you. So Goodwill launched in December two, yeah, 2006 with only 3 million euros from uh, a few private investors. And the minimum amount we were looking for was 3 million. And when we were at uh, something like 2 million, one of the investors said, okay, how much is still missing to get started? And we said, well, 1 million. He said, okay. I'll do the one million. We have to get started. And um, also when we did Ubuntu One, uh, that was already a bigger group. People who said, yes, let's get the first 10 million together and do it again. And with Ubuntu Two, and Tukumo, maybe you haven't seen too much uh, of that. But uh, when the team here, you know, sent out the PPM and the first subscription form to people, I think within a week we had 10 million. And that was the first time that I was like, yes, we are here to stay because people start to see it. And um, yeah, the first 30 million uh, was raised from private investors really within a year, relatively smooth, relatively quickly. So um, yeah, then you get the critical mass that puts a floor in, uh, in what you're doing. And I think we are there now. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, what really struck for me was the speed. Um, and uh, I think um, Elsa's already alluded to that. And then um, by the time we were doing due diligence with some new investors that hadn't um, backed us in the first two funds, and these were sort of new, deep-pocketed, um, of a different um, uh, type of investor, we more commercial even, one could say, you, I kind of knew that we'd, we'd entered in a different era. Thank you. And this does, it does sound like a very inspirational um, partnership and you don't hear about these partnerships often. So how has your partnership played an advantage in the success of both Umuntu as well as say the Guam DC fund? Yeah, I mean, f from my perspective, it's the diversity of perspectives. Um, as you know, Alethea also manages a, a gender smart uh, fund, which uh, uses gender lens to um, 
provide alpha, um, understanding that diversity of perspectives brings alpha through better corporate governance, uh, uh, smarter decision-making, and in, indeed enhanced um, innovation. And having a partner who comes from a different region with a different network and with um, Alithea's local um, expertise and perspectives and being able to rub minds, um, whether from fundraising, from the cradle, through to how we create value for our, our investments, for me has been very valuable. And what it also means is that we have, uh, combined with our name Umuntu, we have, we're richer for it. We have a richer network, we have a richer and broader reach. And, um, you know, we're able, for me, I, I, I believe we're able to see more and accomplish more together. So that diversity of perspective is at the heart of what I would say is our, our advantage of working together and being able for each person to bring their unique skills and unique um, contribution to the table. Yeah, I don't have much to add, right? I'm, I'm a firm believer in that uh, diversity and also, uh, I think many people know this saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And so if you, you know, look for good partners and you go together, you, you really one in one is, is three. And, um, and as the combo said right now, uh, people understand that if you want to do, uh, make good investments on the continent, you have to be local with native people. You, you don't have, you shouldn't be local with Europeans or Americans. You still see that a lot, but you need native teams. And these people, you know, are there. Africa has got so much talent. And if you trust in each other, in the strength of the mutual teams, um, then you will get there. And I think that trust has been there from the beginning. And that's, of course, not always easy, but uh, if the foundations of trust are good, then uh, you can get a lot out of a, of a joint venture. Thank you. And yes, Els, I'm also a, a huge fan of that quote as well. So I'm going to add in a question here, just because it's something that I guess I, I would want to know, and I think it's something that our audience would want to know as well. But what what is next for Alethea and Goodwell's partnership? Do you have anything planned uh, as next steps? Well, we need to roll up our sleeves and start deploying the capital we've just raised on uh, Ubuntu too. There's a lot of work to be done. Um, so that's our, our focus. And as you know, it's the first close. So we are still fundraising and um, we're making exits on existing funds. We're deploying this new fund um, and we're still seeking to reach final close on, on the new fund. So the work only just begins, as you know. Elsa, I don't know if you have anything to yeah, maybe good to mention the exits. Uh, we have almost completely exited our first fund, um, but exits, you know, the climate in the last three years wasn't very good. First there was Corona and um, now, you know, the, the global markets are down. Uh, but at the same time, that's a good, a good time to invest. So I think exits uh, will be an important theme for us. We want to build an, uh, an exit machine like we've built an investment 
machine and really show good exits, a few good exits every year. And um, that's uh, that's an important uh, challenge. You know, we've upskilled the funds and we've upskilled the deployment, but must also upskill the exits. Um, and secondly, there are so many opportunities out there, uh, right? Right now we're doing um, regular funds, but uh, Goodwell recently also launched a partnership with Oxfam Novib in the Netherlands that was for East Africa. Uh, but initiatives like this, um, you know, can be scaled across the, the continent, uh, even to other continents. Uh, when we launched that, we got approached by other funders. Hey, can you do mandates for us? So I think also in the partnership between Elithia and Goodwill, uh, there will be opportunities that either of us picks up, uh, but that where we also need each other. So, um, yeah, as, as long as there are social and environmental issues that needs to be solved i think there are ample opportunities to grow the partnership just hearing you speak and, and hearing about your determination and, and positive attitude kind of explains why you've both been able to achieve such success um but this brings me on to my last question for those um fund managers who are struggling to reach first close what would be your your one piece of advice you would give them on on achieving or reaching that first close yeah you have to to prepare very well i think um what worked for us was um building the networks and softly speaking to people before you go into the market with all your material right try to find some people share the plans talk to them and a few of them may say hey i'm interested and um i might even want to be your anchor investor so start informal collect some friends let those anchor investors even if they're small look at your material and um, before you go to the wider market and if it sticks with a few if you you know piloted it with them only then you go to the market more formal and secondly uh, but some people will disagree i know we have always believed that it's worth to start small start small and scale it up and then we will get there that worked for us yeah i i echo that and what 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 i, I would add a few things um First of all, it's going to take longer than you think. Um, investors have their own strategies. The trick is finding an investor whose strategy matches yours. Yes, that um, takes time, but the good news is strategies do shift. You have to have the conviction and desire and, I guess, funding to stick out the journey. The, that journey. Um, one final thing I'll say is don't expect investors to understand your experience and its relevance to your strategy help them break it down and connect the dots. And um, sometimes that will still result in a no. Take the no and use it to refine your strategy um, while still staying true to your core and the focus that you want. Um, but every no is valuable to help you refine your story. Yeah, and 99 people will tell you no, and only one will say yes. So you have to be prepared for that, because it's really, you will be knocked down over and over again. So, um, yeah, you really have to, to reach out and be stubborn. And as Tokumo said, it takes a lot more time than you anticipate. Easily two to three years to raise a fund. And at least a year to get a first close, if not 
two years. Thank you, Bertha. Some great and, and some very real uh, pieces of advice. And that brings us to the end of this podcast. So thank you both uh, Takumbu and Els uh, for joining us. It has been a pleasure to have you on our podcast. And I think I speak on behalf of our audience that, that we're going to be looking forward to what happens next uh, with your partnership. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Bye. And thank you so much for our audience for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please feel free to explore our other episodes. And we look forward to seeing you back here very soon.